Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. And I'm joined today by my guest, Alex, who is the author of Sacrifice and founder of Black Oath Entertainment. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. No doubt. No doubt. How are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm a little bit tired because it's still too hot here and it's oh. it's kind of difficult to sleep. That heat's getting to <laughs> he's getting to a lot of folks to sleep. It's, it's yeah, a hot one this, this year. Yeah, this year's been it's been a difficult one. But yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I was working a little bit on my next project this morning. So yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah, so well my my upcoming release, the big, big one, the one that had a quite successful Kickstarter at the beginning of the year was Across uh, Thousand Dead Worlds. And that's in the final stages of production. We're finishing the layout now. So the PDFs should be coming out in two or three weeks. And then after that, well, we have to send it to the print, you know, the usual stuff. So yes. b- basically, I don't have much to do with that project right now because I, it's just the layout guy is working on it. Then it's to the print. I mean, it's, I'm just the middle guy right now, even though I, I'm, <laughs> I was the author. So I'm already starting on my next uh, project. Well, I actually started, uh, I don't know, four or five months ago, which is called Empire Undying. I'm sorry, it was called what? Empire Undying. So it's another big project uh, solo friendly well actually solo focused with with the possibility of playing in a in a group of course but uh i don't know i think it's going to be a cool it's still in the early stages i'm i'm slowly developing it and releasing it uh, bit by bit through my patreon so yeah it's fun it's and i never i've never done anything like that so it's it's cool to have direct feedback from my from my patrons and yeah it's cool excellent so I I've taken a look at this game you have here called Sacrifice, an incense and iron RPG. Yeah, and it seems that you're not. It doesn't seem like my normal D and D, but it, it seems similar to a lot of. Well, let's say D and D, my fantasy <laughs> role playing game. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're. It's got a. It's got a slight twist compared to most fantasy role playing games. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Sacrifice was a little bit unexpected project because like i said i'm mostly focused on getting a across a thousand dead worlds finalized which is my large project my main focus mm-hmm. and then i started working on empire undying uh, because of the death of kentaro mura the author of berserk i decided to revisit but <laughs> i guess you're familiar with the manga berserk with i'm sorry with what Berserk, I don't know how you write it's that. A, so it, it's a, uh, is this a like a, ma- like a, a manga. comic or a? Yeah, it's a manga, manga Japanese. Oh, comic. So I, I'm manga. not, I'm not familiar oh, okay. at all. I'm completely ignorant. Uh, sorry, I, I, <laughs> I assumed everybody's familiar with with Berserk. So yeah, no, I have no idea. <laughs> this is not my area of expertise. So tell yeah, me no, about so. it. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that become formative because uh, i i started reading it in the early 90s mm-hmm. it's uh it's one of those classic uh i'm sure you've seen images of a big dude with a gigantic sword and metal arm i mean it's it's a uh, very iconic the the main character is he's definitely being copied all over so yeah it's uh one of my favorite mangas and i hadn't re- read it since probably the late 90s early 2000s 
I think that was the last time I read it. So uh, since the author died recently, I said, oh, shit, I, I, I better get up to date because they were going to continue the story and all that. And I wasn't expecting to, to get so drawn into it so fast. And I read it and the whole thing, which is a lot of pages to read. <laughs> I, I read it in about two weeks. So my brain was just filled with Berserk. I mean, just thinking of ideas and all that. So I said, okay, fuck it. Let's just make a, I want to make a Berserk RPG. Excellent. So yeah, I took the, I, I essentially took my homebrew rules because I have an ongoing, I, I'm, I'm the forever GM. <laughs> so I have an ongoing D&D campaign which is a mashup of the different editions. So it has a lot of the character options from 5e, but uh, I, most of the design sensibilities and and ideas from older editions. And I don't know, I just, I take whatever I like and I plug it in there. So Sacrifice is essentially my homebrew D&D. I <laughs> so like that, it. Yeah, that's why it's 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 like a cross between AD and D second edition and 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 D and D fifth edition. So yeah, it's something it's something weird in between. So like the characters you play are I, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. It seems like they've been they were supposed to be sacrificed. Yeah. To a to yeah. a god or a, a demon or something along those lines. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the berserk influence if you want to call it or it's just a ripoff (laughs) (laughs) because if you want to so it's not is class based correct Uh, no it's completely classless yeah it's uh there are no classes which uh, i'm not a fan of classes i I don't have a single one of my games with classes i prefer a bit of of freedom so it's built around um scales is it's like uh, essentially the the skill and ability system of of 5e with some added stuff and then um, a lot of uh, feats you have combat maneuvers because there are also no magic uh, options it's completely it's low fantasy there are demonic creatures there are uh, evil power of all spiritual forces but the characters don't have any access to to magic so yes, in order to to spice it up, I added uh, combat maneuvers to make it a little bit more engaging. So no, no wizards and clerics. Nope, nothing. No, <laughs> no. You're essentially just playing uh, warriors and rogues. I, I appreciate that. That's that's, that's that's interesting. That's a good take. You know, what about like races like elves and dwarves and stuff like nope, that? Not, nothing. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I play we play Hyperborea pretty often. I like the whole yeah, approach I, I, everyone's I, human. I don't like yeah, I just don't like uh, non-human races. <laughs> I I think it also brings a lot of baggage, unnecessary baggage into the game. So I think mm-hmm. just everybody's a human and, and that's it. I mean uh easier, yeah, simpler and, and stricter to, to the point. It's more enjoyable for me. So yeah, I appreciate. It. I like I, I like a human centric game. In fact, our, our current campaign we've been playing CNC, and we kind of all agreed as a group to just we're just all playing humans. We're not going to yeah. bring in the other races <laughs> and stuff. We don't need that, and and we don't need to go the Tolkien route and stuff like that. So, yeah. what can you tell us about across a thousand dead worlds? Oh man, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
that one is uh, I'm starting to realize I, I take a lot of inspiration from, <laughs> from from other sources so that one I don't know if you're familiar with a book oh man now I forgot the name uh, gateway sorry yeah gateway was a good doesn't uh, yeah. ring a bell from, from Fre Frederick Paul I'm sorry who uh, is that Frederick Paul Frederick P Paul yeah P O P O H L yeah that's concerning me it's a classic a classic science fiction author so what can you tell me about that yeah so <clears throat> that book is also one of my absolute uh, classics i i've read a thousand times and it's it's just brilliant stuff it's actually the first star the, the first part of a whole saga called the hichi saga and the rest the other books are are also very fun but the the first one is just groundbreaking and i was i for years i was thinking how the hell this this hasn't been turned into a series or at least some rpg because it's just perfect it's so the setup is um in the near future, they find a, a hollowed out um, asteroid, which is full with alien spaceships. The problem is that the, uh, the scientists trying to figure out what they are and how to make them work, they can only manage to turn it on and give the, the pilot instructions to to uh, set, uh, set up so it, it returns back to the point of origin. So uh, my game is completely ba based on that across a thousand dead worlds. You play as a as an explorer, as a diver, so you call a diver. Yeah, deep diver, diver. So you get into the the spaceship, but the problem is that you have no control. You're just a passenger. The spaceship takes you to uh, some a set of random coordinates, and maybe you arrive to uh, an abandoned alien base or to a planet. Or if you're very, very, very fucking unlucky, you end up near a black hole and, and your character dies. I mean, there's there's literally the possibility that you will end up dead just if you're very unlucky with the oh, no. with the random destination role. Yeah. So so it's that. It's like a, it's just a perfect setting for for random generating uh, abandoned alien bases. Of course, you have there you encounters you go there to loot everything you just go there loot all the alien technology and try to make it back <laughs> I like so of course <laughs> inventory management is also it's also very important this is a strong factor of uh, team teamwork and psychology team psychology you can because of course the the, the journey to your destination i mean imagine you're trapped into a tin can that you have no control over you don't know if you're going to go uh, to a place where you'll get rich uh, looting or you're going to die you, or maybe you get there but you don't have enough oxygen to come back because of course the the spaceship is not meant for humans so they had to adapt uh, um, you have to decide how much oxygen you're taking you have to decide how, how many ration, rations you're taking so all those things factor in and it creates a unique um, team dynamic and, and and drama because you you may very well have to decide okay we have to kill this person in order for the rest of us to have enough oxygen to return back home it sounds to me I'm, and from looking at this like it, it almost like a space dungeon delve type yeah, exactly game. yeah yeah that's it yeah it's <laughs> uh it well it also has uh, the planetary 
planetary uh, exploration, which is hex, it's, it's, it's hex space, is a sec hex scroll. Okay. Which I, I just love hex scrolls. So I, I try to <laughs> put them <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I like it. I, I, spe- I think it's super cool putting it in this context of science fiction and space, especially the dungeon delving and the hex crawling using those for space play. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah I, think, I think it's cool. Now, the system that you're using here seems very similar to that classic fantasy system in a lot of ways as well, similar to Sacrifice. Would I be off saying that? Actually, I mean, it, it is the 20 base, but it's it's not really that similar. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a set target of 20. Um, there's not a difficult... The DC doesn't really change. It's always 20. And um, and then the what really deviates is the combat. The combat is tactical because um, the game is supposed to be played solo. I mean, you can definitely you can definitely play it uh, in in a in a group scenario with I'm with a GM, whatever. With we, I mean, it can be solo, co-op, or a standard GM-led game. But um, the, if, when you're playing solo. In my experience, things like combat can get a little bit boring because it ends up like, okay, I roll, the enemy rolls, I roll, the enemy rolls. Yeah. And it's just... Back and up, forth. Yeah, it's it's boring. So I had to introduce a little bit uh, of decision-making in the, in the process. So that's why I ended up with tactical combat, which is very, very fast to set up. Very, I made it very contained. You just have a a4 sheet of of uh it's hex it's hex weight also like like gerbs yes so you have you, you have your your sheet of um your battle map of uh, of hexes and you just i mean it's very in in three four rounds the combat is over so yeah it's uh so I've never I've never played a solo RPG on my own. How how does that work without a dungeon master to kind of set the world and stuff like that? <laughs> well, it would it will depend. I mean, in a game like um, Across a Thousand Dead Worlds, since I build it from the ground up to be played solo, yes. every everything is geared towards that ex- experience, which also makes it super easy for a GM to run it on the fly i mean you can just grab it and immediately start playing because everything is is there is tables and they the the book is going to be almost 500 pages oh my goodness and, <laughs> yeah. oh that's impressive yeah and it's it, i i i can safely say it's like 70 percent tables random tables it's just oh, nice. i mean it's, it's not like you have to take 500 pages and study them no you just read the couple of chapters that are about uh, how to play the game and the rest is just how to randomly generate everything from the the space dungeons you explore <laughs> to the planets to what you find there the kind of uh, um, alien technology you find the enemies are all completely randomly generated well there are a set of guardians those are th- those are always fixed because you find them those are the ones that the aliens left behind so, because the aliens themselves they disappear, you never have contact with any intelligent uh, species. It's all, all, it's only humans. It's like we are alone in the in the galaxy, and everything you find are horrors, things trying to kill you and, and eat you. But there are some guardians from that ancient alien race left behind. So that's like a constant in all the different sites you go. But anything else you find, it's all randomly generated. I, I like that's pretty. It sounds pretty cool. Huh? So aside from that, yeah, back to your question. 
you have a series of tools. The I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, with oracles and all that. It's the is the oracles. Basic yeah, for for solar role playing. I'm is it, not familiar too much with anything related to solo role playing <laughs> besides what folks have told me on the on the on the on the podcast because I've never tried it. <laughs> so I'm a little bit in the dark about some of that. So the basic oracle will be the, your yes no oracle. So is it is a typical thing that when you would ask something to the GM, mm -hmm. it's like okay, um, do I fall down the cliff? Whatever, because I slipped. You failed your your strength test, and you 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 fell. It's like okay, do I fall or do I um, do I get lucky and maybe I I get stuck in a branch or whatever? So you get you assign a possibility to to your yes answer. So it's like okay, it's very likely likely that I will fall and kill myself. So it's oh, like no. you you have a table. That based on the probability you assigned, it it gives you a number. So you just roll, and you and if you roll uh, that number or higher, well, that's the that's the answer you get. The, the answer is always set, geared towards yes. So you have to make the questions in a way that the answer you will get is yes or no. So you you have to. That's the only tricky thing. You can't make here what color is the sky when. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Even though you do have a lot of tables for those uh, kind of side questions, I mean, you can go very, very fucking deep with with this kind of systems. And then, of course, you have uh, tables to emulate NPC behavior. I added even conversation uh, um, emulation, like what topic the NPCs want to talk to you about. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> whatever uh, whatever you can think, <laughs> it's there. <laughs> It's two years of work. So. Let me ask a question about this. Yeah. If now you already ran a Kickstarter for this, is there any way folks can get a hold of that book if they didn't catch the Kickstarter? Yeah, the, the pledge manager is still open, and we'll be closing it very, very soon, actually. So, um, if you just go to the Kickstarter, you just look for "Across a Thousand Dead Worlds" on on Kickstarter, you'll find it. There's a link there to the pledge manager. Uh, we're using a backer kit, so uh, it's it's very simple. And the and like I said, the PDF it's going to be released very very soon. So yeah. And we're about out of time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online and where they can pick up some of your some of your games? So the easiest option is just to go to my website is um, blackoldgames.com and. I'm also around Twitter. My my handle is I am the horned one, but that's a uh, that one's a little bit more personal. I mean, it's not. I talk a lot of about games and I post my games there, but it's I also post uh, stuff about films or whatever. I mean, politics. That one's a bit more personal. So <laughs> if you are just interested in the in games, go to my website and there you have all the links. You can get my games, finally downloads, uh, everything. Excellent, excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Likewise, thank you very much for the for the opportunity. No doubt, no doubt. It's been, it's been good having you here. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon, and we could really use the support if you can afford to. 
give go on patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and, and back us there. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>